Our scripture today is from John chapter 11, and it takes place just after Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, there wouldn't have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. So he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Andrew, and Chancel Choir and Youth Choir for the glorious music today. I know the, the saints are smiling after hearing that. We all are, and I know they are too. In October 1800, a boy named John Todd was born in Rutland, Vermont. Shortly afterward, the family moved to the little village of Killingsworth, And there, when John was only six years of age, both of his parents died. The children in the home had to be parceled out to different relatives, and a kind-hearted aunt took John to live with her in North Killingsworth. With her, he lived until sometime later when he moved away to go to school for the ministry to study. When he was in middle life, his aunt fell very desperately ill. And he realized that death could not be far off. In great distress, she wrote a letter to her nephew, a really pitiful kind of letter. What would death be like? She was nervous, anxious, and afraid. Would it mean the end of everything, or would there be beyond death a chance to continue living and growing and loving? And this is what John Todd wrote to his aunt in reply. He said, it is now 35 years since I, a little boy of six, was left quite alone in the world. You sent me word you made the recall my disappointment. Instead of coming for me yourself, you sent your friend, your, your helper, to fetch me. I well remember my tears and my anxiety as perched high on the horse. And clinging tight to your friend, I rode off to my new home. Night fell before we finished the journey, 
And as it grew dark, I became lonely and afraid. Do you think she'll wait up for me, I asked, till I get there? Oh no, he said reassuringly. She won't go to bed. Of course she'll wait for you. She'll stay up for you. When we get out of these woods, you'll see her candle shining in the window. Presently, we did ride out in the clearing. And there, sure enough, was your candle. I remember you were waiting at the door, that you put your loving arms close about me and that you lifted me, a tired, bewildered little boy, and you carried me into the house. You had a big fire burning on the hearth and a hot supper waiting for me by the stove. After supper, you took me to my new room and you lifted me, a tired boy, into my bed and you sat by my side until I fell asleep. You probably realize why I'm calling all of this to your memory. Someday soon, God will send for you to take you to a new home. Don't fear the summons. Don't fear the strange journey or the mysterious messenger of death. God can be trusted to do as much for you as you were kind enough to do for me so many years ago. At the end of the road, you'll find love and a welcome waiting, and you will rest in God's care. I shall watch you and pray for you until you are out of sight. And then I'll wait for the day when I shall make the journey myself and find you waiting at the end of the road to greet me. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. This past Monday, November 1st, was All Saints Day, the day following All Hallows' Eve. So today we're celebrating All Saints Sunday, a time when we remember those members of our church who have died during the past year. It's also a time when we reaffirm our belief in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's why our gospel lesson for today is the story of Lazarus. And that's why I began with the story of John Todd and his aunt to remind us, to reassure us. And it might help us to appreciate this service a little bit more if we remind ourselves that a saint is simply a servant of God, not just a stained glass window figure, not someone so, quote, holy, they are beyond approaching someone way above us, but a servant of God like these folks whose names we have called and others who come to mind on a day like today. Our actual text is taken from verses 32 through 44, which is what Andrew read. But the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead actually begins with John 11, verse 1. You might want to go back and read that when you have a moment. A certain man was ill, Lazarus of the village of Bethany, and he was in bad shape. It was Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They lived together, brother and sisters. And they were apparently good friends of Jesus. And according to Luke's gospel, Jesus was a visitor in their home. Jesus needed a port of refuge, needed a sanctuary, just like all folks do. And he found that in their home, and he needed that. And Luke also reminds us that Jesus did not have a home to call his own. He said, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So he needed the house of a friend where he could rest for a while. And Jesus 
response after they ministered to him and found out later that Lazarus was ill, he said, this illness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified by means of it. And when John's gospel speaks of Jesus being glorified, he's talking specifically about his crucifixion and his being raised up from the dead that he might draw all other folks unto himself. Jesus said, let's go into Judea again. And his friends, his disciples reminded him, oh Lord, wait a minute. There's folks up there waiting to hurt you. They're waiting to stone you. They're waiting to do you in. We need to stay away from that place. There's danger there. But Jesus would not allow himself to be talked out of this. And he mentioned something to the disciples about Lazarus being asleep. And they thought, that's good. He's asleep. He's resting. Maybe he's getting better. But Jesus didn't mean asleep, asleep. He meant asleep, dead. And that was not so good. And so they headed for Bethany in Judea. And when Jesus finally arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had been dead for four days. Martha met Jesus and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I wonder if that's the first time she had ever put a guilt trip on somebody. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the end of time. Jesus said to her, key passage, I think, for this entire chapter. Key passage for all of us. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And Martha answered him. Martha had a very well-developed confession of faith at this point. Her creed, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. And then Martha went to call Mary, and Mary also said to Jesus, you can imagine what she said. I think the two sisters had practiced this, maybe. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus was moved, and he was troubled by the outpouring of grief and sympathy in the tears all around him. It was a gloomy, difficult scene. Where have you laid him? And they took Jesus to the place where Lazarus was buried, a cave actually covered by a stone. And Jesus said, take away the stone. They said, Lord, don't you understand? He's been dead four days. This will stink something awful. Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believed... You would see the glory of God. So they removed the stone. Now there's a folklore, there's a tradition, and I've not read a lot about it, that the Jewish folk at that time believed that the spirit of the deceased would stay around the body somewhere close by for about three days. So maybe by waiting four days, Jesus was saying, we know for sure he's dead. Not just a resuscitation, we know he's dead. And he was raised up. They moved the stone. Jesus cried with a loud voice, come out. And the dead man came out, all wrapped up in grave clothes, swaddling clothes. There were two times that they swaddled folk back in that day. One was a baby, swaddling clothes. You remember that story, to wrap for security and warmth. 
And the other time they swaddled a body or wrapped a body was at the time of death. And so Lazarus came out and he was wrapped in the grave clothes. And Jesus spoke to them a word that I believe he is still speaking to his church, telling us part of what our mission is. Folk in this world bound up in guilt and fear and all kinds of other things, wrapped in these things and unable to live a full life. Jesus is saying to us, as he said to them long time ago, unbind him and let him go. We're in the unbinding business as God's church. And that's what they did. They unbound him and they let him go. Now, Frederick Bigner, and I know some of you here read Bigner. We've talked about this. One of my favorite writers. And he, he retells this whole story. But it's the last paragraph in the retelling that I want us to hear now. He said, recent interviews with people who have been brought back from the dead after being pronounced clinically dead reveal that they glimpse and evidently all of them get off a glimpse of a figure of light waiting for them on the other side. And they are very reluctant to be brought back to this side. On the other hand, when Lazarus opened his eyes to see the figure of Jesus standing there in the daylight beside him, Lazarus, for the life of him, couldn't tell which side he was on. I mentioned a moment ago in verses 25 and 26, kind of the gist of the story, the heart of the story, the reminder, and we spoke these words this past Thursday at the memorial service here for the Reverend Fred Shelnut. Jesus said, I am resurrection and I'm life. And all of those who believe in me shall not die, but shall live forever. Martha expressed faith in a resurrection at the end of time. But obviously thinking of eternal life only in terms of the hereafter was not enough to comfort the grief and the pain that she was feeling, not enough to take it away. Jesus not only corrects her faith, he enhances her understanding, he enlarges her understanding of hope by moving eternal life from just after we die until now. When we know Christ, from that point forward, we are living the eternal life that that God offers on both sides of the grave, here and hereafter. She needed more than just what was to come. She needed help right now. And that's available. And the story's not complete, so to speak, when everything is understood. We try so hard. We read, we study, we work. We want to understand all of this. Jesus didn't ask her, Martha, do you understand this? He simply said, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Today is a day when we remember those we have known and loved who have preceded us in death. I like to think about it like this. These folks have just gotten home a little bit before we did. And we might be thinking about the time when we'll hear the summons and take the strange journey accompanied by the mysterious messenger of death. But today is also a day when Jesus declares to us, I want us to hear this, I am Those who believe in me, though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And the question is not so much do we understand this. More importantly, the question is do we 
believe this. Amen.